Today is a communion service, and if I could title this message, I would title it, Why Do We Celebrate? And what do we celebrate? And who do we celebrate today? His name is Jesus, and we celebrate the complete work that he's done on the cross. That's why we celebrate, and I want to emphasize the word celebrate. Celebrate means to be grateful, to be joyful, for there's truly so much to be joyful about. Amen. Luke 4, verse 16 to 21, in the Amplified Bible, says, So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, as was his custom. He entered the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, the Messiah, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set free those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the favor of the Lord abound greatly. Then he rolled up the scroll, having stopped in the middle of the verse, gave it back to the attendant and sat down to teach. And all the eyes of those in the synagogue were attentively fixed on him. He began speaking to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your presence, in your hearing and in your presence. So why do we celebrate? I believe that the message of the cross is the hinges on which the door swings. If you understand the message of the cross, there's hope for you. If you don't understand the message of the cross, you are in trouble. So after today, you will understand the message of the cross. We celebrate for Jesus stood up reading in the synagogue and this is the wonderful news. This is what he read, that a new dispensation has arrived and he was pointing forwards to him dying on the cross and being getting resurrected after that and having the complete victory over the work of the enemy. And this is exactly what happened. So this is a message of victory, the victory of Jesus, the complete victory of Jesus and the defeat of the enemy. And I believe that is why the enemy will do anything that he possibly can to divert people from understanding these absolute truths of the gospel. Because the gospel is true. This is the most important me message that you ever can hear. Jesus came to the earth to, to bring about reconciliation. And because the, the enemy brought destruction. 1 John 3 verse 8 says, This is the reason that the Son of Man was made manifest. To undo the works of the enemy. That undo 
can mean to dissolve, to destroy, to loosen the works of the enemy. And I want to encourage you already right at the start of this message, would you not look to your life and recognize the work that the enemy has possibly done in your life and know that Jesus came, Jesus was manifested to undo those works in your life. Amen. That's good news. Dying at the cross, he did it by being risen from the grave. When he died at the cross, he declared himself, it is finished. Teleo, it is done, completely, concluded, executed, accomplished. Him dying in our place, the innocent for the guilty. This is the core message of the Bible. Jesus dying so that we may live. Even in Genesis, right there in the beginning, we already read of the prophetic action where Adam and Eve sinned and God clothed them with skins. The innocent dying for the guilty to be clothed from their shame. Already there was pointing towards the cross. Now Satan had his way and he introduced sin and the misery that follows it. But a savior was destined to be manifested. His name is Jesus the Christ. The name above all names. That is the news of the gospel. And that name causes havoc whenever spoken in the realm of the darkness. The Bible says that the, 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 the uh, uh, rulers of the darkness tremble with fear by hearing the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Won't you say the name of Jesus? Jesus. Sure, wish we had more time to spend on the name of Jesus. But that is why we celebrate. For this is truly what happened. This song that we sang, this is exactly who Jesus became and who he was and who he still is. The way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. Because he preached the gospel to the poor, to everyone that recognized that they needed it. He announced the release out of the prisons and forgiveness for those who are being held captive. He brought recovery of sight to the blind. He set free the oppressed and the possessed. What wonderful news is that? That is the message of the gospel. Do you believe the message of the gospel? I wish... I could say it like the late pastor Bonker said it. He said, you need only one pill. No, no, he said, you need only one pill and that is the gospel. <laughs> but with a German accent. I would rather stop trying saying that. And that's what we need, the gospel. That is still the most significant and most important message that you could ever hear. Did, did the, the, the people in Jesus' day, saw, did they see what he was doing? Yes, he did. There was a beggar sitting next to the road and he heard a commotion coming down the road and he inquired and he asked, what commotion is this? What is going on? And they said, shoes you. It is Jesus of Nazareth approaching. And immediately the message of the prophetic dropped in his heart. And he, the blind, saw which the guys who could see 
didn't even recognize and he knew that the man who was called Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah. And that is why he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That is why Jesus said to him, your faith has set you free. Because he has recognized the Savior coming down the road. That's good news. That's the news of the gospel. He rescued the Samaritan woman at the well. She was an outcast. I love this story, for there are many outcasts in our society today. She was an outcast, lived with five men, and now within six, one, uh, not really, really the, the girl that you would ask to become a Sunday school teacher. Um, and, and, and she was drawing water at the, hey Diana, at the well. And uh, Jesus was waiting for her there. And he started speaking to her. And just by exchanging a few words, he converted this lady from being the outcast to being an evangelist. For she went back to her town and they actually believed what she said about Jesus. This is what he came, exactly what he said. When he read that scroll of Isaiah in the synagogue, he said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your sight. And this is exactly what he did. Wherever he went, he did that. The leper approached him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can set me free. Free. What was his answer? I am willing. And he set him free. He dined with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, the especially notorious, terrible sinner. I love the story of Zacchaeus. It's strange how at home Jesus felt himself between some of these people. And he, he, he went he met him along the road, called him out of the tree, and he said, Zacchaeus, I need to dine with you today. Went into his house, had supper with him. We don't read about any sermon. We don't read about any rebuke or whatever. He was just there. He just filled the place with his presence, with his acceptance, with who he was. And exactly this happened. Zacchaeus got up and he said, Lord, Half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've stolen from someone, fourfold I will repay. Jesus responded and he said, today salvation has come to this house. Amen. This is the miracle worker. This is the way maker. And I want to speak to you, whoever is watching and listening, even though you might be branded as a notorious, especially bad sinner. I want to say to you today, there's a Jesus. He is the miracle worker. He is the way maker. He's the one that would stop at your house and ask you to come and dine with you. He's the one that would accept you. He's the one that with his presence, he will set you free from being a captive from sin and the misery of sin and change you and bring about a new life to you. That is the good news of the gospel. That is what we celebrate today when we use communion. The gospel, the wonderful news of the gospel. Everything he did confirmed the finality of his Work at the cross. What does this mean to us? To you and I who have accepted him as our savior. And while I'm saying this, I want to say this clearly. 
If anybody is watching and you have not accepted Jesus as your Savior yet, then today is the day. Today is the best day. Don't wait until tomorrow, for maybe tomorrow would be too late for you. Today, accept this message and it would be the truth in your life as well. He paid the price for your life. Your sins are forgiven. This is what it means. Your sins have been removed. All the stains, all the guilt, you are washed by the blood of Jesus, cleansed from all the works of iniquity. You've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. If this was the cross, you might have lived here. You might have lived into darkness and your life is filled with darkness, sin, and all the bad stuff that goes with it. But the Bible says that this Messiah, the Savior, he came and he transferred you, Colossians 1, by the way, 13 and 14, and he transferred you from out of this kingdom of darkness and he took you by means of him dying at the cross and he transferred you into the kingdom of of light of his father. Isn't that good news? Amen. <clears throat> this is why I really, I, I'm, I'm so, man, I, I, I'm so on fire with this because I truly believe each and every word of this with my whole being, for this is the truth. Even if you had whatever written against you, even the Bible says even if your sins were red as crimson, he will wash it white as snow. Amen. Amen. What good news is that? What does it mean further? It means that I am free from the power of sin over my life. Many people say, well, I can't stop loving you. No, pastor, I'm still human. Yeah, we are human. But let me tell you, the truth of the gospel says that by the power of his blood, by the power of his Holy Spirit dwelling in you, you have been set free of the power of sin and you can live a victorious life. Amen. I want to tell you a story about our farming days. <laughs> Sun sprayed in the bush fell. So I'll have to make this story a bit shorter. So it worked like this. We had a little tank next to the house which would fill with water should we start the pump and the engine, which was about one to two kilometers away. Now, in the bush felt, it's not like here, it's not like well paved streets, etc. etc. So when you, want, when you want to go to that pump, you, you had to travel some distance through serious bushes. Now, that always happened at night. I don't know why. I never thought to ask. And it was always my job to go and turn it off. I was about nine to 10 years old. So my dad would give me his strongest flashlight and I would walk and now it's long grass, long, long grass. And you would walk through the grass and you'd shine your, your torch and, and you pray that you don't pick up any eyes in the light. And then a, around the bend and there's a copy to the side here with huge rocks and trees and stuff. And then you'll get to a poplar grove with a barb fence right in the middle of it and you had to go through that fence. Now let me tell you, negotiating that fence 
would require that you would have the skills of a gymnast and a ballerina combined together, of which I didn't have any, and I still don't have it. I do some training, but it doesn't help, you know. Because if you don't know how a fence worked, a barbed wire fence, it, it, it consisted out of a whole bunch of parallel uh, uh, strands of wire with nasty little hooks on it. The whole aim was to stop something from crossing, you know? So you need to bend uh, down, over, and you need to pull the one wire to, because they're only this far, and I'm not that thin. So you need to pull the one, you put your foot on the other one, and you push it down, and you pull it. Now you're dangling on one hand, one leg here. You've got your torch. You've got everything. Now, while you do this, you need to get this leg through the fence, and then follow through with your, with your body, and every time you can be as good as you want to, it will nick you somewhere. And then, it's straight to the pump house. Now the pump house was a little galvanized pump house in the middle of nice, wonderful felt, grass, lofty. Anyway, now, it was the pump, the engine that we used on the pump was a Lister pump. Some of the older guys would know what that was. And the Lister pump would run with enthusiasm. Now I need to go into that little house and at the back of that engine there was a brass knob about this size and you need to turn it up and you need to keep it there and while you do that, that engine goes slower. But in the meantime, this thing burns you and it gets worse and worse and now you need to negotiate what's now more important here. Sometimes you just can't and you let it go, and the moment you let it go, it starts picking up speed again. Ta, 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 ta. And it just believed that it has to go again. So you grab it again, and you pull it, and you just stand, keep, ta, 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 And then it stops. And then the silence is deafening. Now you're in this little galvanized sink box, and it's just like this. And now you need to get back home. So you would walk, I would walk out there and I would put up a very brave posture and I would march my way back. You know, now let me just say to you, my parents were not cruel in any way because the only thing that could, the, the biggest thing on that farm, the tallest little animal, the most dangerous was a little jackal, you know, like this. But if you have a wonderful, lively imagination like I have, then the, that little jackal with his little red eyes in an instant may jump to become a T-Rex or a raptor and he just follows closely here and he wants to grab you. But I was just walking like this, pretending that I'm not worried. I'm the strongest, bravest man in the world. Not because I was, because my legs were trembling, but I knew that if I run, it would catch me at the fence. <laughs> so there was no use of running. 
So I would walk like this and again go through the fence very slowly, making sure that nothing gets hooked. But the moment that I'm through that fence, then I turned into a world-class sprinter. And you know, like the Asterix and Obelix books, you know, it's like your legs make some wheels around you. And then when I get home, I would stand there at the house in the dark for 10 minutes just catching my breath because for sure my dad would ask me, what is going on with you? You know, and a man, you can't be fearful. That's just not the in thing, you know, on the farm. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So, why am I telling you about the fence? You know what? Because, because we preach and we teach and we read about the truth of the gospel. But how many people will say to me, but pastor, you just don't know what happened to me. You just don't know the disappointments that I had. You just don't know the struggle that I'm going through right now. And all the time you go back to that fence, and all the time you go back to the fence, and back to the fence, and back to the fence, and you can never get free, and you can never get loose, and you can never run your race, because you know that the enemy will get you right there at the fence. But do you know what? The gospel says that the fence is there no more. It is gone. It's out of the way. Amen. It's gone. You don't even need to refer back to the fence. You don't need to reinforce the fence. You don't need to dwell at the fence. You don't even need to install a gate into the fence. The fence is not there anymore. That is why we celebrate. That's why we celebrate. For I can never earn it, and you can never earn it. But it's just a free gift from God if we would just accept the truth of Jesus. But you know what? So many of us accept the truth of Jesus, but still we are stuck at the fence. Still we won't believe the truth of the gospel. Let me say to you this. That fence becomes the defining line, the defining point in many people's lives. You know what should be the defining point? The cross of Jesus. The cross of Jesus. That is the dividing line of history. And that should be the dividing line in your life. Before the cross and after the cross. Not before the mosque and after the mosque. Not before Trump and after Trump. Before the cross and after the cross. That is why we celebrate. That's why we are full of life and health and energy because the cross is the message of complete victory. Now, you may view yourself still being stuck at the cross. Unfortunately, that's so many people's issues. You know, so many people have got issues that they don't even know they've got issues. That's even worse. You're so stuck in that fence that you don't even know you're stuck. You think it's nice there. You know what? <laughs> Colossians 3 says, verse 1, 2, and 3 says, For you have died, 
and your real life is now hidden with God in Jesus. What does that mean? That means when God looks at you, he looks at Jesus. Think about that for a moment. If you take away only one thing from this service today, take this. When God looks at you, he looks at Jesus. And that's so much better. You know what? Because God believes in the truth of the gospel. God believes in the finished work of Jesus at the cross. He believes in it even more than you and I believe in it. And he, when he looks at you, he celebrates about it. Sephaniah 3 verse 17, a very well-known scripture, prophetic where he speaks about Jerusalem, is prophetic words into our lives. It says, the Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a savior. He will rejoice over you with joy he, and he will rest in silent satisfaction and in his love, he will be silent and make no mention of the past sins. He will exult over you with singing. What does it mean? It means that he dances, he celebrates, he spins around when he looks at you and see how you would live if you fulfill your destiny, if you would fulfill your purpose, which he has called you to fulfill. If you truly live in the freedom that he brought to you, he looks at you and he says, wow, if you would just realize who you truly are, he spins around and he dances of joy when he looks at you and see what you really are in Christ Jesus. So why would we carry on believing the lie of the enemy? Why would we carry on believing that the fence is still there, that we're still stuck there? Why do we make peace with the works of the enemy in our lives? The word says, 1 John 3 verse 8, we've read it. The reason the Son of Man was made manifest was to destroy the works of the evil one. As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. That was his prayer. How can I ever make peace with the works of the enemy in my life? Whether it's in my body, whether it's in my soul, whether it's in my spirit, he has healed me, he has restored me, he has made me a new creature, I'm a new person. Why, because I'm good? No, because he's good, because of his love, because of his unconditional love, because of his mercy and his grace, I'm a new person, but I need to believe it, I need to lay hold of it and make it my own, otherwise I'll miss it. Won't you also open your hearts for that? Again, the question that I ask, why do we celebrate? Won't you allow the power of Jesus to live in you? Let me read you Isaiah 53 verse one. He's talking about Jesus. Listen to this scripture, and I wish we had time to spend on this. Who is this who comes from Edom with crimson stained garments from Bosra? This one, the Messiah, who is majestic in his apparel, marching in the greatness of his might. It is I, the one who speaks in righteousness, mighty to save. 
Isn't that wonderful? This is why we celebrate. We are being set free. We are forgiven. We are released. Our blind eyes have been opened. Now we can live in victory. Now we just need to believe it. Can I ask you today, do you believe it? Now if you believe it, it would move you to action. Hebrews 4 verse 2 says that this good news was proclaimed to the Israelites just as it's been proclaimed to us. But it didn't benefit them at all because it wasn't mixed with faith. So you can hear all of this and you can walk out of here and say, well, now that guy really, he was now, what's a card money in English? He was really jumping up and down and what, 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 wow, wow, that was good. It won't benefit you at all if you don't believe it. And if you truly believe it, you will start applying it in your life. For this is when it will start changing your life because you need that to happen. That is why we celebrate. You may ask me today, do you believe it, Pastor? Yes, I do believe it. Well, Pastor, what about all the people we see for whom it doesn't work? Well, you know what? Pastor John always teases me about that, but, but there's a lot to say about that, and that's truly so. But do you know what? The failure of man to acquire the promises of God would not change one bit of the truth of the gospel, because this is the truth. This is the wall against which we set up the plumb line. This is the truth, and this truth said, this is what Jesus came to do, the finished work at the cross. And I will never, ever back down on this truth. And I myself have many testimonies which I can share with you where I have applied it, where I've acted upon it, and God honored my faith. Yes, have I got 100% success? No, but I'm getting there, I'm growing into it, for I choose to believe the truth of the word of God, amen. Do you believe? Do you think it will make a difference in your life? We just need to do this. Now I want to encourage you today, when we use the communion, when you eat that bread, when you drink that juice, in your mind's eye, won't you look at the cross? You know, in Numbers, I think it's 21, it tells about a revolt that took place while the Israelites were traveling through the desert and God sent a plague and he instructed Moses to make a bronze serpent and put it on a cross and lift it up. And the Bible said that each person looking at it, grasping the full meaning of it, got saved. It's exactly the same today. It's exactly the same today. If you look at the cross and you grasp the full meaning of it, and you say, Lord, I will believe the truth. I will celebrate your life. I will not make peace with the work of the enemy in my life in any way. I will celebrate your life. Then the truth of the word will apply to you. You will be saved. Amen. Amen. Right. Let's just thank the Lord for that. Our Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. 
We thank you, Lord, that every word that went out here, and even over the media, Lord, I pray that those will be words driven by Holy Spirit power. Lord, that it would find the place in hearts where it need to go. I pray for each and every person today watching who are at the end of their wits, at the end of their hope, I pray that you will lift them, that you will today pull them out of that prison, that you will set the captives free, for this is what you came to do. Lord, I pray for each and every person. I pray for each and every person in this house and whoever is watching, battling and suffering with, with illness and ailment today. And I speak words of healing over each and every body. For this is why your body was broken so that we could be healed. And we will never settle for the lie of the enemy. We will not settle for the lie of the enemy. We will celebrate the truth of the gospel of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you died at the cross for us. Thank you, Jesus, when those drops of blood fell on the ground, you were already looking at today. And you saw each and every person sitting here today, each and every person listening to this message today. And already your drops, your blood contained the victory, the life for each and every person to live in complete victory. We thank you name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now we will be having communion and if I could just ask if there's anyone who don't have, I've got thanks, who don't have the uh, elements, if you would please just show with your hands and, and the ushers will bring it to you. While you're getting this ready, I want to read to you out of 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23 there's the one there everybody good let's read 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23 it says for I received from the Lord himself which I passed on to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was treacherously delivered up and while his betrayal was in progress took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take it this is my body which is broken for you do this to call me to remembrance could I invite you to take that bread hold it up break it eat it and do it in remembrance of the complete work of the cross. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And then verse 25, it says, Similarly, when supper was ended, he took the cup also, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, do this as often as you drink it to call me into affectionate remembrance. When you take this cup and you drink it, you envisage the very life of Jesus entering into your life, filling you completely, bringing life wherever it goes, casting out death, casting out the works 
of the enemy and sin, the blood of the Lord. Could I invite you to stand as we close this meeting? Now, Father, we thank you for this wonderful time that we could celebrate. Thank you that we could celebrate the truth of your cross. Thank you that we could celebrate the victory. Thank you, Lord, that you help us by your power that we will live in your victory. Lord, that we will not settle for any second best, but that we will proclaim and live in your victory. Thank you, Lord, that I can speak life over each and every person. Lord, and we pray that you bless each and every one. Pray, Lord, that you lift your face upon everyone, that the light of your countenance will shine over everyone, and that you would be gracious to them, that you would light up the smile of your face over each one, and that you give each one peace. Thank you for a wonderful day. Thank you for a wonderful week. Thank you, Lord, that you go before us. Thank you that you are behind us. Thank you that you encamp around us. I pray your special protection over each and every person here today, Lord. I stand against the work of the enemy. Whatever is planned against anyone in this house or watching or listening, I stand against that in Jesus' name. Lord, I realize in the spirit world that there is an, an attack planned against someone, and we stand against it. We raise a banner of protection in the name of Jesus. Your name will be glorified. And the house say amen and amen. Have a wonderful day.